Dirty Panties podcast contains explicit discussions of sexuality and is not recommended for listeners under the age of 18. Welcome to Dirty Panties podcast. I'm your host, Venus Valentine. Our guest this time is Lisa Carver. Lisa Carver began her career in the 1980s as a founding member of the touring performance troupe Suck Dog. Suck Dog was notorious for their noise music operas that involved aggressive audience participation. And you can read more about Suck Dog in her book, Suck Dog, A Ruckus. In the 1990s, Lisa published the seminal zine Roller Derby, which highlighted the works of many prominent underground artists and musicians, including myself. In the 21st century, she has written 15 books, including Dancing Queen, A Lusty Look at the American Dream, her autobiography, Drugs Are Nice, and most recently, I Love Art, a collection of 105 reflections on phenomena ranging from Shia LaBeouf to Legos to the Bible. When I reached out to Lisa about doing an interview, she told me that she had not only never been interviewed for a podcast, she had never even listened to a podcast. So she was very excited to be interviewed and I was very excited to interview her. Before we start the show this week, I'd like to let our listeners know that we have a Patreon at dirtypantiespodcast.com where you can download show transcripts free of charge, as well as supporting the show for as little as $5 a month and getting some cool stickers and other swag in the process. Shall we begin? Okay, well, the first question is... How did we meet? How do you remember us meeting? You sent me a drawing of your vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I think I knew, um, I'm not going to name him, but there was this guy who wrote a zine in the 90s who gave you my phone number and you called me up. I had no idea who you were and you were like, how do you groom your pubic hair? And I'm like... (laughs) I don't know. It was 1994. I wasn't grooming my pubic hair. And then you gave me some tips on how to do it, which, you know, was was very formative. I was in high school at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing illegal happened. I made a drawing of my vulva and it was published in Roller Derby magazine, which I'm sure would be frowned upon now. But it was in the past. The 90s was a different era. I could actually get the the magazine. (laughs) So there's there's the drawing. There it is. It's very honest. That's yeah. A, that's an honest pick. <laughs> it's pretty much like a Y with the the labial cleavage and some stubble, which is probably actually how it still looks right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Was that like the sex issue or something? Do you remember? They are all the sex issue. They were all the sex issue. <laughs> but you asked different people like how they groomed their... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was how we met, and we kept in touch over the years, and uh, we're currently both in Vegas temporarily, so. And then we met um, when you moved to Vegas, or you were thinking about moving to Vegas, and I was living in Pahrump, and yeah. we met, and we had pho, I think. I think it was Thai food. Thai food, and then we went to that crazy 
Deja shop. vu. Yeah. We went to Deja vu and looked at, I needed to buy lube that looked like cum for a video. So we went on a little shopping trip. So that was the first time we met in person. And that was a little over a year ago, I think. But we had been online friends for like 26 years, which is awesome. Okay, so let's move on to the interview. What is your life's work? And that you can define that however you want. And how do you think that's impacted your love life? I write books to try to free people so that they will feel fine about anything and um and and like get out of anything that they don't want to be in like why should you bother sure (laughs) yeah just just, like get out that's all you have to do it's really easy and how it's impacted my love life is I don't I don't think it has (laughs) like I'm not thinking about work (laughs) sure sure yeah I mean for like so for me personally like as a phone sex operator like I have to deal with the stigmas around that with guys or you know stuff like that um so yeah for some people their work really does impact it if you don't feel like it has you know I don't know if in the course of, you know, interviewing people, you met people that you, like, if it puts you in contact with people that maybe you wouldn't otherwise meet. That's the only way I used to meet people is I interviewed them or they interviewed me. That was, that was it. Was that how you met, like, boyfriends and all, all, lovers? Yeah, all of them? All of them. Okay. Yeah. All yeah, of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then <clears throat> after I got kind of renowned, people started being self-conscious and constantly saying to me, is this going to go in your next book? Is oh, this, you know, then yeah. I uh, start, that's when I started sex with businessmen <laughs> and they don't even read, like they don't read. Like <laughs> I, honestly, like, I've given my last couple of husbands books that I've written and I know for a fact they haven't gotten past three. So, <laughs> so I don't have to worry. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. I could see that though. Totally. And then the only guy Uh that I've been with in 20 years who had read stuff, he was totally, totally self-conscious. It sucked. Yeah, I could see that. It's sort of like people who date stand-up comedians and they're like, am I going to be a bit? I don't know how to get out of that. Yeah, well, because... Because he will be. (laughs) Yeah, he will be. And you've always written about your life really honestly. And, you know, that's why people love your work and connect to your work because you are so honest. But that does impact anyone who's close to you because you're going to write about them and you know that's not a bad thing to write about them but I could see how that would also be frustrating in relationships but I've never written anything like for revenge you know yeah right with love like but it doesn't look doesn't feel like that maybe to some people who have read it <laughs> sure or if, if they have shame about how they treated you and you talk about it really honestly that I'm sure that can be painful to read from the perspective of someone you harmed like in drugs are nice when you're talking about you know that marriage and um okay so have any of your exes reached out to you during quarantine this is something that's been happening a lot to people is someone from your past you know when it's this sort of apocalyptic life or death feeling you know people resurface have you had anything like that happen no, my ex-husband tried to get back with me, but it, I think that was just because I was moving away. I don't, oh, you know. okay. I think that counts. <laughs> <laughs> I think your ex-husband trying to get back with you during quarantine counts as, as exes. Yeah, I mean, up. it was two years that he we've been divorced, and oh, okay. he didn't try any of those times, and all of a sudden now, like... Was he in Pahrump? Or... Yes. Oh, okay. It's right mm. down the street. We went to the movies every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's only, you know, he liked to have you on the back burner now that he was losing you. Then he came back for more. 
have you wanted to reach out to anyone from your past during quarantine? No. Have you felt the impulse? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think about people and I'm like, I wish a motherfucker would hit me up. Like, certain people where I'm all like, I want them to beg me. But, you know, it's funny. I thought this question would have a lot more people being like, yeah, this thing happened. But surprisingly not. What is one thing you miss about your worst ex? Even if you're really glad you're not with them anymore. Rough sex. Yeah, I got, I got a, I got a gentle lover now. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I miss like all yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. I try, I try. Like the other day, he pushed me for some reason. Then he was like, "Oh, I'm sorry," and I was like, "Oh God, push me again!" <laughs> and he didn't. He was like, he, he wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, because he has no concept of like kink and you know BDSM or whatever however you want to frame it and that can get really tricky like I had this friend of mine that I was sex partners with the first time we had sex I was like choke me slap me like and he was like I watched my stepfather abuse my mother that way when I was young I can't it gives me PTSD and I was like never mind yeah Yeah. so you really have to be on the same page as someone else to do that or just gets weird but like if you're someone who like that's how you like to fuck it's really hard to not fuck that way I think there's something to be said for every way you know oh absolutely but yeah that's what I that's what I miss yeah yeah I think in the beginning of a relationship I can do a lot of vanilla like because it's really hot and you're really into them but like as time goes by give me a little harder I'm but I'm just wired that way okay what is your astrological sign and how do you think it impacts your love life, if at all? Oh, well, I'm a Scorpio, and, I, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but... Do you have any Scorpion tattoos? No. I was talking about this with the other Scorpio I interviewed, this whole phenomenon of Scorpios having Scorpion tattoos, so I had to ask. And how it impacts it, I am good. <laughs> <laughs> you are good? Yeah. I am missed. When I'm gone. <laughs> you are missed when you're gone? Sorry, I'm confused. I, how being a Scorpio oh, affects you are, my Your love life. life. You are good, like, guys Guys miss you, like, in terms of, like, sexually or just in general and, like... Yeah, because then I leave because oh. I shake my tail and off I go in the night. And then they're haunted forever <laughs> yeah. by their Scorpio lover lady that left them behind. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, not everyone's into astrology, but it's something that comes up so much in discussions of relationships that, like, I wanted to ask about it. I know there are going to be people who are like, oh, well, that's bullshit. But, like, even that is, like, the people who think it's bullshit, it's still such a strong opinion mm-hmm. that I'm curious. I'm like, okay, like, even if you don't think it impacts it at all, why? Do you care about, you know, if your partner is a certain sign or all that stuff? Do you pay attention to that? Not really, but I seem to land with Aries. Interesting. Similar intensity. So is there one or more? You can have a few like a gross or problematic person that you secretly want to fuck. Yeah, I mean... I was going to be like, with you, it might not be a secret. It's not a secret, and it's all of them. All, of, all, them. all of the gross, problematic people. people. I want them. Oh, my God. Yeah, sometimes, like, a person being gross is, like, their sexiest quality. Like, I like Iggy Pop is someone I think of, like, who's just, like really kind of nasty but like his nasty weirdness is sort of like what makes him hot the lighthouse have you seen it no oh god all i wanted to do was have sex with those two nasty men 
And one of them was Robert Pattinson, but they made him look so ugly and murderous. Really? Yeah. And then the other one, Willem Dafoe. Oh, yes. At his grisliest. Oh, my God. And and the characters they played were nasty, nasty men. Nasty men. Nasty men. Yeah, I feel like Willem Dafoe is like that, too, because, like, his face is, like, I don't even, I don't even know if I can call it ugly, but it's just real weird, and it's real sinister, mm-hmm. but he's so hot. Yeah, and he's, they showed his, his aged, drizzly, like, what, what's the word? Wizened? His wizened, wizened, his wizened <laughs> chest, and I wanted it. Yeah. And, the, and the filming was black and white, uh-huh. and it was really gritty, and they were like all their pores and their hairs, and they were all trapped in this lighthouse, going insane, drunk. They were, <laughs> and they had accents, and they were, oh my God. they were on the lam. Oh my God. And they had secrets, and they were like breaking things. And, and then and the Robert Pattinson... Killed a seagull with his bare hands. Why? Because he was, I don't know why he did it, (laughs) but it was awful. He used his bare hands and he, like, it was the worst, most violent thing I've seen. And, like, I still, I was still like, and this is problematic and gross, but I still want to fuck him. (laughs) Yeah. And just, I think that there's, like, something about masculinity that's intrinsically problematic and gross. Like, there's just just certain masculine smells that are nasty but hot. It has to be the right way, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like, just things being a little grotesque can sometimes be, like... It's, it's, it's more interesting and exciting. And I was actually telling someone today, this girl, she was like, oh my God, you're so hot. You're so beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm either a two or a 10, depending on who you ask, because I'm like, you know, 300 pound bald girl. And to some people that's the hottest thing and to other, it's like men either pay to talk to me or you couldn't pay them to talk to me, but there's like no in between. So I think triggering a response, an emotional response is very erotic. If someone's kind of a five or a six who they're right smack in the middle and you're just like, oh, they're nice looking, da, 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 that doesn't make you horny the way that like someone who's just like obscenely conventionally attractive or obscenely grotesque or like however you want to define that. Um, I make jokes about conventionally attractive and unconventionally attractive. Like those are the two types of people. Like you can't say that like these people are okay and these people are not okay because someone's going to find the unconventionally attractive person so and the and the gross and problematic is they're not civilized they don't they don't fit they don't work right and um you know you might not be able to sustain something but shoot they're like an animal and a demon yeah like you gotta have them but you know what okay i was gonna say the sex is often really good with those type of people but there have been times where like i went after someone gross because i wanted them to be like animalistic and raw and kinky and weird and then they turned out to be real sensitive and like cuddly and then I was like but I wanted you to be gross it turned out they just had bad hygiene yeah yeah yeah. so it's like a delicate line yeah actually when I was thinking about this question like Charles Manson we were just talking about Charles Manson earlier but um he apparently just like loved eating pussy and would just like eat pussy all day and he was like you know it's like oh he was all scraggly and he was five foot four and he was completely batshit insane but he had this enormous harem of women that he was fucking all the time and i don't think that many women would be like hanging around if he was a bad fuck so no he also was really hypnotic yeah you know and that probably translated yeah in the sack 
Absolutely. As if someone who does erotic hypnosis professionally. And yeah, actually I hired a guy, a male hypnotist who's on YouTube that I like to make me a custom erotic hypnosis recording just out of curiosity. Cause I really liked his style and I was like, Oh, now I know why my clients fall in love with me because like, and it's like, you know, it sounds like he's like, we're going to have such a nice time and I'm going to train you to obey me. And we're going to do this over and over again. You're going to be such a good girl for me. And I was like, Oh my God, oh my God this is so hot. And I'm like, wait, I don't know this guy. Like he doesn't know me. He's not into like, yeah. But yeah, sometimes those gross dudes, it's hit or miss, but yeah. Damn. Willem Dafoe. That's a really good one. It oh, hadn't even occurred to me. There's a scene where he's getting dirt thrown on him uh-huh. he's in a shallow grave oh my god <laughs> and he's getting and dude is throwing dirt on him in his face uh-huh. and he just takes it because he's so full of hate he's just like go ahead and he just like lets him bury him alive because oh he hates him so much it's like a hate fuck but it's like a hate burial no i figured that would be a good question to ask you because i feel like you have an appreciation of of that because i think a lot of people are like yeah but like i am really embarrassed about it you don't have that kind of hang up around you're like no i like that it's gross (laughs) and i feel like that is very scorpionic that kind of raw primal like i want to taste life kind of there needs to be blood um and pores and live burials you know (laughs) kind of stuff I'm just like, I like want to just listen to you describe this movie more than I want to watch it. <laughs> Me too, because it's a horrific movie. It sounds it's like a... really disturbing. I'm still having nightmares. Oh my God, but it, it totally turned you on. It's so. totally, I mean, it's still like sexually haunting me. Sexually haunting you. Well, that's legit. And those are two very sexy men. So mm-hmm. I can see that, especially after like Robert Pattinson being like Twilight vampire sparkle dude but I always kind of like thought that like his whole vampire thing was a little tongue-in-cheek like he thought it was hilarious that he was playing that and he didn't you know he wasn't as shallow no and he dated FKA Twigs who writes all the like sleaziest strip club music so I figured that like you know he's probably knows how to fuck and in real life he like Shia LaBeouf is a dirty man dirty like Like, literally literally... dirty like he has dirt and oil on him yeah he's he's a gross guy yeah that's what i've heard he does not have the best hygiene no yeah shia labeouf there's just so many levels to that because like the whole transformers movie came out and i was just like oh this guy's lame and then like all these like layer after layer of weird shit comes out and you're like this is intense he's a great performance artist he is art is lifers art is lifer for sure okay And this may be a, you know, a nobody question for you, but is there anyone you wish you could unfuck and why? Like one of those situations where it seems like a real good idea at the time, but then afterwards you're like, nah, I shouldn't have done that. No. (laughs) No. Never. (laughs) I don't know. Like, how could I? No. (laughs) Like, how could anybody? Like, you have one? Yeah, well, that guy I was telling you about, that guy that I was, like, sexting with for six months, and then I went and stayed with him for a week, and we got all intense, and then afterwards he was like, oh, like, I knew you were gonna get emotionally attached, and da 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 because it was, like, so humiliating to have him go from being, like, super attentive and behaving in a way that would indicate that he was really into me over a significant period of time. It was six months. 
to have him go from that to like going back to his ex-girlfriend and lying to me about it and refusing to talk to me and just kind of ghosting me after being super intense. But if that hadn't happened, you would only have the sexting and then other people wouldn't be as good for you because you'd be thinking, oh, I gotta, I gotta get that guy. I wasn't that into him. Oh. I was like, it was right after Trump was elected and I'd had a really bad breakup. And I was just really like weak and vulnerable and just really depressed. Just can't get out of bed. I don't even want to say suicidal because I didn't want to kill myself, but I didn't really like being alive. And so sexting with him was like the only, I guess that's the good that came out of that is like it kept me alive for those six months that were like maybe the unhappiest six months of my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he served a purpose, but I think it was like once I went and visited him because like I lived in Chicago and he lived in Las Vegas. Once I came and visited him and spent time with him and like that week was really wonderful. I took his sexual fantasy at face value. And I think for me as a Taurus going cycling back to the astrology question. So I'm a Taurus. We're very much about taking the conceptual and making it three dimensional, making things tangible, taking ideas and executing them. So it's like, I'm thinking of a chair and then I'm like, okay, like I'm going to buy this wood. I'm going to buy these nails. I'm going to read this book. I'm going to like build it in the backyard. I decide what I want and then I make a plan and I make it happen. And I've noticed that especially, well, he was an Aquarius and Aquariuses are air signs and they tend to be eccentric, kind of really mystical and out there, but not grounded on earth. They'll say something and I'm like, you know, let's go on this trip to Paris. And I'm like, cool. I start researching plane tickets. I'm like looking up hotels. I start practicing French on Duolingo. And then I check in in a month and they're like, oh yeah, well, blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't remember that conversation. And I'm like, but I, so I'm very literal when I'm sexting with someone for six months and then like I spend a week with them and we have this incredible time to me, I'm like, oh, we're building a relationship. We're building something tangible. And I think like to him, I was a jerk off fantasy because like he admitted that he had been jerking off to my photos for years and years. And I just didn't put two and two together. Back to the gross people. We gotta include some women. It yeah. can't just be men. How about um, two women I think are really attractive are Linda, Linda Hamilton and uh, Joan Jett. And Joan Jett's a mean person. Is she? She might be nice now, but she just, I don't think she's nice at all. And I don't care. I think care. she's very conventionally attractive, though. I think she's very, like, like conventionally beautiful and good-looking in a very, you know, androgynous kind of butchy way. Yeah, like, but she's mean. She's mean. Like, do you have anecdotes Nasty. about her meanness? Uh, well, I've just, you know, heard that she... You know, doesn't care if you live or die, and that she so sold not out like cherry curry, and you know she like, called out cherry curry. No, sold her out. She like, sold her out. Yeah, and you know, The Runaways was such a shit show. Anyway, yeah. like in every single imaginable way. But I just hear she's mean, and she looks mean. Like, look at her. I'm so sad because I feel like she's like someone I like who, her being mean. She should well, be. Mean. Yeah, for sure. But I always think of like her as being someone who looks really tough and mean, but like is actually a sweetheart if you get to know her. Cause I know a lot of people like that or like people think of me that way. I'm not talking about her personality. I'm talking about having sex with her. I'm, well, yeah, no, no, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I get that. But like, doesn't tip at the restaurant mean? Is she like, justifiably I, I would mean? Think maybe. Yeah. Okay. And that is like, that's that attraction that you're not supposed to have. Yeah. The like, forbidden attraction. Like if she wouldn't tip this, this waitress, what would she do to me? Like, I want to find out. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. She just doesn't give a shit. She doesn't give a shit. She'll just do anything. Wow. That's my that's Joan, my I hope you're not listening because, like, <laughs> my house is going to be on fire and shit. <laughs> now that's attractive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Lisa Lopez from TLC setting her boyfriend's house on fire. Does that turn you on? Well, she's just so sweet. Her voice and her face are so... I can't get over that. You can't get over... Like, is it a disconnect for you that yeah. she burnt down his house? Like, it No, just, it's, it's not... just... It's just... I can't be attracted to somebody that cute. Oh. <laughs> even, like... <laughs> even if she's an arsonist. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you get in a fight with your boyfriend, who knows what you're going to do. That's like, true. You know. That is sort of that temporary madness. Yeah, heat of it doesn't passion. seem that strange to me. But this is spoken as a Scorpio. And, you know, and it's funny because I always feel like Scorpios get a bad rep. But actually, after talking to you and Jamie, I'm like, no, it's all true. <laughs> like, that's the thing about Scorpios is they're like real chill people. But then you dig a little bit and you're like, oh, shit. Like, you seem real chill. Still waters around D. Okay. And so Linda Hamilton, that's um, Terminator, right? Yeah. Okay. Before that, it was just like slender, elegant, kind of helpless women. And then sure. when she she was shocking. When you saw her at that era, she was like built and she was shooting people and she didn't care. And she was yeah. going to get get things done. And there was nobody saving her. She wasn't asking, yeah. asking anybody for help. It, yeah. it wasn't even... Sometimes they, they want to give you lip service so that they, they have, a, like, a team. She didn't need a team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she just... And she was built. Yeah. Like, yeah. Built. Jacked. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of, like, really hot masculine femininity, which is more normative now, but probably at that time... At that time, it wasn't done. At all. Not yeah. at all. Like a big, tough, butch, sexy... Yeah. Linda Hamilton... Yeah, fuck and she yeah. had dirt under her nails for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, and would finger bang you with <laughs> dirty fingernails. Not even wash. You <laughs> get some kind Just, of. Infection. We don't have time for that. Yeah, exactly. The Terminator's gonna like you know go <laughs> fucking rub one out before. You... Oh my god. <sighs> okay, what was one of the best dates of your life? Um, my first date with my third husband we met at the shooting range and we it was the first time I shot a gun he was very prepared and I just he was very perfect and rich and like sociopathic and (laughs) you're like just my type (laughs) no it wasn't my type before because I only wanted poor people Um, yeah because they're more creative I, I thought and he's not creative but he's you know, very controlling. And I don't know, I was just overcome and I hit the target. And then, oh, wow. uh, like all the time, like I hit like, you know, in the, so you were the, like a sure shot and without even with your first he, time. Yeah. And I felt like it was because he was there and he was this like perfect person, mm. you know, he was like a commercial. He was like walking out of a commercial. Really? And then we went to his place and it looked like a murderer's house. And it like was, in a good way or a bad way? Well, I mean, it, it was devoid of personality. Oh, Absolutely. Okay. There was no, nothing. Uh, it was like, and Antiseptic. Was it like rich person antiseptic though? Yes, okay, because yes. like rich people can go two ways. They can either have really nice things or just kind of like there are people who are rich but they just don't spend their money and they're like miserly. I mean, it was all like excellent quality. Sure, but, but it, just there no was personality. no personality, nothing. And um, um, then we fooled around, and oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's where the personality went. Oh, <laughs> shit. It has to so, come out somewhere. That was such a good date. I think that's why I stayed with him for all those years, even though he was kind of an asshole. Or very much an asshole. It's because of our first date. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that, that first date imprinted you. I can see that. Like, someone gives you an experience and you just, like, can't fucking shake it. Like, I've totally had people that I'm, like, hung up on because, like, that one time we had sex or, like, you know, was just, like, the best sex of my life. But mm-hmm. then, like, it never happens again. But you still just are, like, but what if what if we do this? You know, can we get that feeling back? And usually you can't, unfortunately. So what was one of the worst dates of your life? You know, I they're all good. But, um... <laughs> See, you're such a ray of sunshine. You're like, no, like, there's no such thing. And, like... <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing as bad sex. Like, I'm lucky I get it anytime. Anytime I get it, I'm like, hallelujah. Okay, this is what maybe would be a worst date. I mean, it's kind of a best date. I don't know. So, because at least I can still talk about it. At least I remember it. This sure, was years ago. Sure. So I met somebody off of Match... Uh-huh. And we met at Dunkin' Donuts. He got me... <laughs> because he said he said I wouldn't date him because he wasn't good enough for me, so I took that as a challenge, you know? Okay. And so we met... Did at, you suggest Dunkin' Donuts or did he? No, he did. He did, okay. Yeah. We met there. He got us two blueberry muffins and... Not even a donut. A blueberry <laughs> fucking... Yeah, anyway. And he was missing a tooth in the front, and uh-huh. um, he took a bite, and then he started braying with laughter about his own joke and a blueberry flew out of the hole (laughs) and it landed on me it landed like on my chest and like went down my shirt and then but it just went downhill from there and then we we went to a movie theater Uh uh-huh and he was yelling out about how stupid it was during the movie? During the movie and saying <sighs> things. It was so embarrassing because I lived there. You know, this yeah. is my hometown. And then afterwards, he was speaking really loudly so that like other people could hear saying how gross his ex-girlfriend was. And like he said that she was fat and dirty. And I... I I was mortified, yeah. absolutely mortified. I was like, I can't believe I'm in my own town. Like anybody oh, could be walking around and see this man. And I can't believe he's so gross. Like I, I not in a good way. So he wasn't from, he had come from somewhere else yes. to meet up with you? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, it's that Maya Angelou quote, like if someone tells you something about themselves, believe it. Yeah. So believe them. So like, he's like, you're too good for me. Like he wasn't wrong. <laughs> He didn't warn you. He wasn't just being like humble and like, oh shucks, like he really was not good enough for you. (laughs) Or anyone really. I mean, what was he thinking was going to happen? I think I would have like snuck out of the Dunkin'. I don't know if you can't, there's any way to sneak out of a Dunkin' Donuts. I didn't want to end it yet. Yeah. I I was, I was actually a little impressed about how how he just went with it. Yeah. Yeah. How he was just like, yeah, I'm missing a tooth in this Blueberry flew out and yeah, because I don't like, care. Confidence is sexy. Yeah, yeah. But when sure. he when he started talking smack about and I didn't even know him and he's yeah, talking talking bad. shit about his Duh. poor ex girlfriend. I know. Um, I was gonna ask you. So in my twenties, I had a thing where like if I'd go on a bad date with someone, like I'd try to salvage it. Now I'm much pickier about who I fuck, but at that point I was like, okay, like. The date is bad, but the person is at least, like, sort of attractive. I'm like, let me fuck them. Because, like, maybe, like, their personality sucks, but they're good in bed. So I would just fuck people to, like, see if I could make something about the date be good. 
but I don't think they ever were good at, at fucking. I feel like I wanted that to be like the saving grace, but mm-hmm. like it just never worked out. Have you ever had that experience? No. No. No, because I I wouldn't have that hope. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Well, this was me in my my 20s. This is when I was like younger and more naive. I wouldn't do it now, but at that point I was just like, well, maybe. If I didn't like how someone acted at dinner, I just wanted to get away from them, you know. Sure. Sure. I tried to when I would I didn't I never went on dates. I just would like I mean, in my 20s and even my 30s and my teens, I would just fuck people if I wanted sure. to fuck them. And that, that, would be, that would be like how yeah. I would meet them. I felt like conversation, I might find out that I don't like them or something. But then when I was in my mid-30s, I started dating. That was my beginning sure. time dating. And it's awful. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not a good idea. I tried to do experiences where you didn't have to talk. <laughs> you know, like I would try to do um, like hang gliding or That's something. That's like the opposite of most people where they're trying to talk. So why did you not want to talk to your dates? Uh, you can talk to anyone, get good like information out of it. I mean, if you have already have children or you don't want children, like what's the use of being friendly? <laughs> <laughs> My brain is like spinning. I'm like, maybe you want a companionate relationship. I have so many friends, like, for the relationship that's about fucking, like, I want someone that I want to fuck. So sure. I don't want our personalities to get in the way of that. Because I find, with, for me, if I'm fucking someone that I'm already friends with, then I don't have to deal with that whole, like, oh my god, like, are they ever going to talk to me again? Do they view me as human? I don't want them to view me as human. <laughs> See, I do. I do. I'm a Taurus. It matters to me. Yeah. yeah. So That's a little too just... much. Like, I don't want... Yeah, like I feel like really intimate and close and loving with friends. Mm-hmm. And if I had that, and I was fucking someone, I would feel like they just knew too much about me, and I couldn't really be free. Well, what about your like marriages, though? I they didn't know me. Really? Yeah. Interesting. They they don't read me. They don't know me. We are politically different. We don't yeah. talk about politics. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I find that that. That keeps it fresh. <laughs> it's interesting, yeah, because your approach is so different than, like, what we're trained to. That, you know, you, you have to fall in love and then you have sex. And you're like, no, I just want to fuck. You know? I want to, like, I do like to have loving sex, yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and, like, look into each other's eyes even yeah. and all that. But I don't want them to know me. Mm. I want them to know, like, that person I am there. Sure. And, like, be totally bonded with them about that. But I don't want them to know you know, what I really think about things because then it's like they have too much on me. I just feel wow. like they're going to like kill me or like kidnap wow. me and destroy me and cut my head off. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's interesting because you provide so much of yourself in your writing, but you don't want your partners. Like, who do you want to see that side of yourself? Do you want it to be strangers seeing your Everyone more? but who I'm fucking. Interesting. Absolutely Everyone. Wow. <laughs> My brain is like, right now, just like, like, we're so different. I feel like. <laughs> I think that's really neat. I'm, I'm picturing yeah. you having sex right now. And I'm, I'm like, I I'm like really picturing weird. you having like, 
sex with a friend and you you feel like really confident and you you're like able to suggest anything and I mean the thing is like I have a lot of friends that are like people in different places that if I visit there like I'll have sex with them and then like we'll you know check in with each other and talk from time to time but like I still have the same fuck buddy from when I was 17 years old like maybe we won't have sex for 10 years but like we had sex in January and it was like even hotter than when we were teenagers (laughs) Wow, what was it like? I was his first intercourse experience. And the best part was, so I lived in Oakland for a while last year. I'm from the Bay Area. I met this girl at a bar and she was like, oh, your ass is so hot, blah, 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 blah. Cool, I'm glad you think my ass is hot. So she's like, I'm Layla. That's like the fake name. I'm going to use her, her. And I was like, oh my God, when I was dating, we're going to call him Finesse because that's his nickname. When, when we, I wasn't even dating Finesse. When I was fucking Finesse as a teenager, you were the other girl that he was like kind of messing around with. And she's like, oh my God, you're Venus. And he lost his virginity to you. And he said that, that I was going to be his first, but then you were his first. And like, she was really mad about it. And you have this great ass. Well, it's not fair. Here's the thing about Layla is Layla is like a professional model. She's like 5'10 and like thin, but with like really great tits and just like very beautiful and exotic looking. So like, to me, it was just like, I was like, yeah, you know, cause like Layla was still mad about this like 20 years later. And I think sometimes women who are super conventionally attractive get really uncomfortable with a ma- if a man picks me over them cause it threatens the thing that their worth is all tied up in. She could never forgive the fact that Finesse had decided to have his first intercourse experience with the fat girl. And I'm just like, yes. And she was also hitting on me and complimenting my butt. So it's just like, here we go. You know, here we are. So yeah, he and I, we were in love with each other's best friends, both of whom turned out to be just kind of asexual people. So we just started banging each other and we just, we never were like in love, but we just really liked each other as people and as friends. And we were never boyfriend, girlfriend, but we just like hung out and fucked all the time. And then recently he's like, no, I really want to like see you. And so we banged and he's like, I don't know. He upped his fuck game. He's like gotten really dominant and really confident. And he just like took control. And then like, Afterwards, we fully like cuddled and ate cookies and watched TV and it was just really intimate and sweet. But the sex had been really raw and nasty. So for me, those things are not like, and I want, I want people to know me. I love talking to people. So I think we're just wired really differently. Like for me being seen as human and like, okay, you're going to do some nasty, filthy shit with me, but you still like love and respect me afterwards. That matters to me. In my work, it's like, I'm very much fulfilling someone else's fantasy without regard to what I want, but like in my personal life, I want it to be very personal and about me and humanizing. I can see that. So what is your favorite music to have sex to? Mm -hmm. You don't fuck to music? I'd rather not. Like if there's kids in the house, then like whatever. But I know something that I, I can't not have sex to. It's if there's a meditation, relaxation meditation, if that comes on and like we're actually trying to meditate and relax, we we just start having sex like every single time. And then like we'll be like, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it this time. We're really going to, we have to meditate because we're, we're high strung. We're going to sit up and uh-huh. that way it won't happen. Like one 
second even like that woman's voice comes on and I start like so it's like get, guided meditations yes. make you horny wow. well no they don't make me horny but they make, they make me like have sex like <laughs> do you think it's just a way of avoiding meditating or is no, it just because I love to meditate if I'm not with someone I, I love sure. to do guided meditations I don't know it's like you get into that that astral zone it's just I just start fucking like I mean it's not a decision <laughs> it's just it's a trigger <laughs> yeah. it's like actually a hypnosis trigger that's hilarious oh my god okay so the final question is what's something that's not normally considered sexy that really turns you on and I feel like in your case that's like what isn't something that's not considered sexy that you find sexy like I feel like you're not you're kind of in your own universe with this question. Yeah, um, I don't really know that things turn me on. I don't, I don't know. Is there something, let's flip this. Okay. Is there something that people normally, that's conventionally considered sexy that really turns you off? Mm, yeah, like everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like sexy things. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like cologne. I don't like flowers. I don't like a romantic um, bistoire. Or what, what are they? <laughs> Bistro? Bistro. <laughs> like a, a romantic date? Yeah. But you liked Fifty Shades of Grey. I, it was funny. It was... Okay, fair enough. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily sexy. No, it wasn't. I get that. I like a guy that goes away. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't like romantic things, or I don't like, yeah. you know, and like for someone like to be, you're so beautiful, ew, gross. Yeah. I mean, if he's gonna just like say it like a matter of fact thing, that's yeah. fine, but like, I'm to not try that. to seduce you, it's ew, just like, you. yucky. Like, yeah. Getting that soft voice and, <laughs> But the guided meditation. Well, I have no. It's okay. Venus, I have no. It's fine. It's totally okay. <laughs> what was the question again? Oh, the question is, what's something that's not normally considered sexy that really turns you on? Okay, I thought of something. All right, this morning, Steve had on, like, shirt that didn't fit well, like a t-shirt, and, mm -hmm. like, stupid shorts, mm -hmm. and black socks. <laughs> and I thought he, was, he looked so hot. Because, like, normally he's really, <clears throat> you know, chic and everything. Sure. And he just looked like a slob and I was like wow you're just so comfortable you don't care about what I think about you at all <laughs> you're just like walking around with your bad posture and like oh god that's really hot I just want to <laughs> I just want to have that but that that regularly works on me interesting like, yeah yeah what do you think about that slob. See, I'm kind of the opposite. I had someone once tell me, she's like, you always date guys who dress well. And my ideal relationship is with a dude who can, I put on my best, he puts on his best. And like, we go out together and people look at us and we're a power couple and people envy us. And they're like, holy shit, that couple is hot. Mm -hmm. They think about like us fucking because we're so hot together. So like, I feel like I just encounter so many men who are just slobs and who like don't try. That for me, like a man who's like sharp and put together and like sleek and like cares about his looks. Like I, I do like a slick man and uh, I know I keep talking about astrology, but these dudes are always Libra rising, which and Libras are very concerned about appearance. So like I just am naturally, and it isn't even matter if the dude is like super conventionally hot or not. I don't care if he looks like a model. It's the fact that like he's got swagger like there was this guy that I was involved with who would like wear this insane costume jewelry and infinity scarves and like weird color combinations and like you know I date a lot of guys where people think they're gay but they're not 
because they just are flamboyant and they have like crazy fashion sense and I love that it wasn't even that he was like wearing a suit and a tie it was it was just the fact that he dressed creatively he owned like a hundred different pairs of toms like these shoes that like had different patterns on them and like and he was crazy as fuck but <laughs> But, like, I like going out with him, and he would be... I dress like a crazy person. He dresses like a crazy person. We go out together, like, just looking wild, and, like, that's fun to me, so... Steve normally always looks really good. Yeah. But it was his complete disregard for me. Wow. Okay. We're kind of inversely wired, but that's, like, this is what I really love about interviewing people is, like, I have my ideas about how these questions should go or what I expect people to say, and often what they say is so unexpected that I get to, like, you know, for season one, I'm interviewing 12 people and just seeing how the questions are different or the same from person to person, interviewing all the kinds of people I'm interviewing is, like, really... So, in closing, is there any project you'd like to promote? I know you have some kind of, not a Patreon, but some kind of site like that. Yeah, I do have a Patreon, wildly named Lisa Carver. Yeah. (laughs) What do you know? Is it, it's like actually a Patreon Patreon, yeah? Yeah. Okay. My last book is I Love Art, and then the new one is, I'm not sure what the title's going to be. It's all written, but maybe like... Three Years in the Desert or the Parump Report or... Yeah. Yeah, you were doing like a newsletter called the Parump Report where you would put it out monthly. I never actually got to read it because I was a flake. Right. But it's it's going to be in the book sort of or... Yeah. It's, okay. It, it's made out of that. Out of that. Okay, yeah. cool. So I can buy the book and then experience. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun. This is a wild ass ride. Yeah. I feel like we both learned a lot about each other tonight in a way that maybe we wouldn't if we were just like Uh hanging around eating Thai food you know (laughs) so (laughs) very cool well thank you so much that's the episode Dirty Panties podcast is produced and hosted by me Venus Valentine our sound engineer is Kirsten Johnson our theme music is Euphoria by Desac If you enjoy the show, you can support us by leaving us a five-star rating and review at Apple Podcasts. That will help other listeners find the show. Or you can support us at our Patreon at DirtyPantiesPodcast.com. And this time I'd like to give a shout out to our listeners Jennifer and Dylan for your generous support. Until next time, stay dirty.